Yes. Welcome to this not so calm podcast. I'm Pat Contry, the person whose career is dead, according to many. It is Tuesday, November 27th, 2018. And uh, this will be a semi-short one. Uh, it's post-Thanksgiving. Post-Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? What are you grateful for out there? Are you grateful for the fact that you can celebrate Thanksgiving and eat way too much food? Way too much food. I actually went to uh, uh, my friend's parents house my friend is actually also my ex don't tell anyone don't tell her that i'm talking about this (laughs) but um we get along fine even though we're not in a relationship anymore and uh i don't have any local family so i was invited over to the to the family uh thanksgiving great food great food there was a little cajun thing going on and uh, you know you had your typical turkey there was a ham there going on you had a uh, you had a uh, let's see. You had cranberry sauce. You want, you want to do the real cranberries, by the way, not that Jello mold thing. That's disgusting. And and other lots and other goodies. But the, when it came to the gravy, though, the gravy. Oh my God! It was in a pot. And plus, there were greens. You got to go for the greens. There was a pot of gravy there that turned out to be a gravy jambalaya hybrid slash gumbo. I, I was confused what gumbo versus jambalaya is. Uh, I think jambalaya is, is, is less soupy. So it was, it was really gumbo. Gumbo is more soupy, right? I answered my own question. So I, I, I get my turkey. I got my greens. Oh, the greens were fantastic. Oh, the baked mac. Don't call it mac and cheese. They'll, uh, she'll, she'll hit you if you call it mac and cheese. It's baked mac. Excellent. So I, I scoop out the gravy from the pot, and then I pour it. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, just uh, pieces of pork and shrimp. And other goodies just all over my turkey. It was a meal on top of a meal. And, and so as I get older, I can't eat as much as I used to. My, my belly's still there a little bit, but I can't eat as much as I used to. I fill up more easily. And Thanksgiving used to be one of those meals where two full plates, pile it on. Come on. Come on. I'm a big boy. I'm still growing even though I'm in my mid to late 20s at the time. Come on. So I used to be able to eat a lot more food. I got a second plate. My first plate wasn't even huge. It was large, but it wasn't like a mound of food. I got a second plate, like a half plate. I took like four bites of the second plate, a couple more greens, a little piece of turkey, the baked mac, and oh my God, I was done. I was tapped out. I was tapped out at that point. So it was definitely worth it, even though uh, my friend's mother said five times that I should marry her daughter. But (laughs) that made a little bit awkward. But um, it was still worth it. And very nice family, very nice people. And uh, I I hope that you remember, even when things are bad out there, that you are better off. If you're you're able to listen to this with technology, with the internet and Wi-Fi, if you're listening to this in a cafe somewhere, you're better off than like 99% of people in the world. 98% easily. You are better off. You're not living in squalor. You're not in poverty. You know, you're not going to bed hungry. So think about that. Be grateful for that and build off that. Try not to think about this goes for me too. Try not to think about what you don't have. Think about what you do have and be happy you don't, you know, you don't you, you don't live in a place where people, you know, kids are dying of starvation or or a massive famine going on or, or disease going unchecked. It's not bad. Even though, you know, bad stuff happens to everyone. It's not bad overall right now for for most of us. So, yeah, you know, keep that stiff upper lip if things are going a little bad for you. Sometimes things get a little harrowing every now and then. You know, but, you know, life goes on. But but I hope everyone's doing okay out there. Um, we are a month away from Christmas. 
I hope everyone has your service merchandise catalog and your series catalog and your you're picking out what you want for give give the people for Christmas and also picking out what you want for Christmas. I haven't I haven't uh, asked for anything specific for Christmas for about wow thirteen years. When I well, definitely after I moved out and I could support myself in my mid twenties, uh, my my dad would ask me what I want for Christmas. I said, Dad, there's nothing you can buy me that I can't buy for myself. So it would be my sister would buy me goofy t shirts. If you see me wear that old Sean baby t shirt, Aquaman sucks. Which is funny, now in 2018 there's a movie coming out. It actually looks pretty good. You know, just buy me t-shirts or my mom would try to buy me something and, and totally be off the mark. Um, you know, but they try. They love you, your parents, hopefully. My mom one time tried to buy me a, a giant. It was like a, it was like, f- like 10 pounds of like popcorn and flavored popcorn. I was never a big popcorn guy because my mom never bought us popcorn at home. So I was just like, Mom, you missed the mark on this. I felt bad. I was like, Mom, I never had popcorn ever. It's <laughs> a child. I was like, Mom, you never bought me popcorn and went to the movies. So why did you get me popcorn? Oh, well, they try. They still love you, though. Um, what's What's been going on in the world? I got. I should have my topic list open. I've just been doing this podcast now for a year and a half. You'd think I would know what I'm doing by now. But no, of course I don't. Um, this will be semi-short, though, because now I'm hungry thinking about that gumbo, gumbo gravy, which should be illegal. Uh, this was an interesting topic to me. And this is probably the closest I'll get... You know, I, I, I try to shy away from video game topics uh, on this podcast because there's the other podcast that this, uh, you know, uh, YouTuber with a dead career um, does. And that's the, the Complete Unnecessary podcast with my pal Ian Ferguson. But I will talk about this this article from US Gamer covering uh, YouTubers getting copyright strikes and having their channels tossed by Nintendo over them uploading songs from Smash, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate that's coming out um December I believe it's December 6th or 7th. So this got leaked a few days before I recorded this a few days ago. So so about 2 weeks ahead of schedule it's been leaked. This game is uh, is out in retail stores. I think they I think uh they Nintendo and other other people have have linked it to some retail shop in Mexico um let people have it early. Woo, Nintendo is not going to be happy about that. When they find out, they're gonna they're gonna send their uh, uh, Nintendo assassins. Reggie with his Negenbacks gonna come visit you. Uh, but um, I've heard rumblings myself even before it became public about this getting out there that people had this. And what I'm gonna say is this: that uh, people that uploaded these, uh, they basically ripped the soundtrack. And, and other people are looking in behind the scenes. And again, I'll talk about this more next week. That people are looking into the hex code for all the secrets and stuff. But what's been happening is that people are ripping the soundtrack. Uh, and putting it online, and whoa, does Nintendo not want that to happen? And with good reason. It's their property. It's even if it was, wasn't a leak, they would, they could do the same thing legally. But um, so two YouTube channels, uh, dis Pfizer, not spelled the way you would think, with a lot of Y's, and Crunchy, no Y, two eyes. Uh, they shared many of the leaked tracks in the upcoming Smash Brothers Ultimate soundtrack. Uh, and now their, their channels were hit by several copyright strikes by Nintendo. So how copyright strikes work is that you get hit with three within a certain amount of time, and your channel could be done, especially if, if uh, you don't fight it. And in this case, there's nothing to fight. Nintendo would crush them uh, because Nintendo is in their legal rights to do that. Um, so Crunchy said, well, I guess it was nice a nice run for a few years. My channel will be gone next week. Sorry, everyone, he wrote on Twitter. Their channel was hit with 21 copyright strikes and counting. So basically, Nintendo said, "Okay, they probably did a you know a match in their system and automatically were striking any song that matched." Uh, 
Distifizer, God, I can't even pronounce that, uh, also said they got a bunch of copyright strikes. I've all I've also been copyright striked, and the the Distif. Distifizer YouTube channel will be deleted in seven days. I knew the risk when uploading a soundtrack two weeks early, but I didn't want to be left behind other uploaders. Okay. And that's really what I want to focus on is that statement by Distifizer. I knew the risks when uploading a soundtrack two weeks early, but I did not want to be left behind other uploaders. I'm guessing there's like a Smash Brothers news and like leak culture out there where you got to be first first to get the news out there, first to get this information out there. But this isn't just information or news. This is this is just ripping the tracks and uploading them wholesale. I'm not sure what cachet you get in the Smash Bros. community for doing this, but obviously it's not worth it full time to be, oh, wow, that demystifizer guy, he uploaded early. He's a hero. Now his YouTube channel is gone forever. I don't know. Uh, I, I'll look it up now how much money they make off their channels or what how many views they have. God, I, I, the fact that I have to copy and paste this name, I can't figure it out. Distifizer? Demystifizer? Distifizer. Jesus Christ. Let's let's see what their YouTube channel is like right now. But it's just not obviously not worth it. They know it's not. So this is a channel that has 70,000 subscribers. They're doing a, a, a live music stream right now on YouTube Live. Uh, hopefully not of this stuff. So this is a, a Nintendo Nintendo Soundtracks channel. So this is built off of... of this channel is built upon uploading stuff that they didn't create at all. Not not fair use even. They're not they're not this doesn't look like they are Nintendo Switch soundtracks. They uploaded all Legend of Zelda. They uploaded the ARM soundtrack. They uploaded the Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, Kirby Star's Ally, Xenoblade Chronicle soundtrack. So that this is what this channel does. And I'm, I imagine other channels like that. I don't know if these channels actually make money because if Nintendo has this in their content ID system, they just uh, they just match it content ID match, and, they, and Nintendo makes all the money. But, but I guess there's still some I don't know. There's some something to being a popular Nintendo soundtrack uploader. I mean, if someone has to do it, right? If no one does it on YouTube, everything's uploaded. But if you were someone that made money off this or gained any sort of popularity, this is then in the line for your YouTube channel. And you took that risk and you got hit. Uh, Nintendo Nintendo wasn't screwing around here, obviously. They weren't going to let people get away with it. And then I don't remember this happening with, with the Nintendo title before where two weeks ahead of time it came out and people were talking about what's in the game and uploading stuff. Man. Yeah, the whole thing leaked online. All right, I'm going to stop talking about this. I just want to focus on the YouTube part of it, that if this is how you made your bones on YouTube, just ripping and uploading soundtracks, hey, you're doing good work for people, and I probably would listen to a, an NES soundtrack every now and then or, or download one for use in a video. But to throw away your career, uh, YouTube career, by, by putting up leaked songs or uh, songs early off of a leaked game that, that you know Nintendo's going to be pissed about, I don't know if that's worth that game, but obviously it's not. If your YouTube channel is going to be going to be gone in a week, so all right, there you have it. There, wish I had more to say about that, but that's just a, just a weird uh, topic. I'm proud to be working with NordVPN. It's what I use to keep myself safe online, and you can too. If you care about the privacy and the security of your information, NordVPN is now offering 66% off a two-year plan when you go to nordvpn.com slash pat or use code pat at checkout. VPNs are virtual private network today. Having one is more critical than ever. If you're doing anything online, your info and browsing habits are out there for people to get a hold of. And ISPs can even 
track and even throttle some of our websites based upon our browsing habits. Ugh. When you use NordVPN, you have access to over 4,000, 4, not 400, 4,000 super speedy servers in 62 countries. And those connections secure your information using military grade encryption. That means your information and what you do online is nearly impossible to track. PC Mag made NordVPN their editor's top VPN choice. Just one account lets you protect up to six devices. There's an app for Android devices, iOS devices, uh, PC, Mac, whatever. Unlimited bandwidth, unlimited, and a money-back guarantee. Again, to get that special offer, 66% off a two-year plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pat or use code pat, P-A-T, and get going with your secure web browsing today. The, the White House on Black Friday, which is a, a slow news day after Thanksgiving, they, uh, they released a report about uh, climate change. And guess what? It wasn't good. Now, ever since I, the fir- very first episode of the, of the Nazicon podcast, I talked about climate change and how, um, yeah, we should be troubled by this. This isn't something that is going away anytime soon. It doesn't look like it's uh, lessening anytime soon. And even if we're not fully sure of the, of the ramifications versus how much we're contributing to it directly, there's a correlation there for sure that we're doing something and it's, it's going to be bad. And uh, 99.9% of scientists agree with that point, and I would rather trust the scientists and go off my own gut, since I'm not a person that studies climate or geothermal warming. I will go off what the scientific community, the people that have PhDs in this shit, I will listen to them. I will defer to people talking about microbiology, if they're microbiologists, or talking about um, the, the weather, if they're the weatherman on TV, people that have studied this stuff and are really into it. Oh, you know, talking about uh, okapis, you know, those those cute you know zebra horse hybrids. I will trust a zoologist versus myself or some random person. So you want to defer to the experts on these matters and go off of what the community as a whole thinks, which is not unreasonable to think. Of course, we're like in this age of non-science, though, with anti-vaxxers and uh, people thinking that the earth is flat and dinosaurs never existed and that climate change isn't really a thing when it obviously is. So the White House puts this out saying that, uh, let's see, uh, they said that unchecked global warming would wreak havoc on the U.S. economy. Of course it will. You're going to have uh, rising waters. Uh, I, I, Florida will be hit heavily by that for sure uh, in terms of like swamp areas, things like that. Uh, hot areas get hotter. Some weird shit happens. More more fires have been happening every year in California. I'm not saying it's all because of uh, climate change, but it's not helping. That's for sure with all the droughts that go on, et cetera, et cetera. Having uh, five hurricanes in 2018, excuse me, 2017. Yeah, that's uh, that's not typical. And uh, yeah, things of that nature. Besides the earth warming up every year. Am I saying anything crazy? No, this stuff is all verifiable. And NASA is putting out this stuff too. It's, but anyway, so the, so the government comes out and says, yeah, we're, 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 we got to, uh, we got to, we got to watch out for this. Plus it's going to cost a lot of money, uh, with all these disasters that are going to happen. So, um, of course our fear, fearless leader said he doesn't believe it, but again, I don't think you should, uh, put that much faith in, in, in someone's opinion if they're not an expert on it versus what the community at large thinks and his own government thinks. So, so I don't know how we get out of this. Uh, you have, I think I saw a report that France is trying to ban fossil fuel cars by 2030. The production will be over. Uh, everyone's got to do that though. Like everyone's got to get on board and 
you know, eliminate the, the fossil fuel cars. But then again, you have developing nations. You have, you know, uh, nations that want to say, hey, listen, we're behind 30, 40 years in industry. Screw you guys. I want mine, which is not totally unreasonable when you think about it theoretically because while the rest of the world was, was, was burning up shit and throwing toxins in the air in order to industrialize and lead the world in technology, these other countries are, are, were left behind and now they want to catch up too. But, you know, we got solar power. We got the sun. The sun's going to be brighter. That was the weirdest thing about this. In, in, the, in the midst of the past couple uh, weeks of these reports and everything else, and the fact that if we don't turn around, I think the, the report was about one of the reports was by 2030 is sort of like the, okay, we got to have our shit handled within like the next 12 years, or this could be point of no return uh, area. Was this report I saw about scientists were thinking about a way to dull the sun's impact by shooting shit up into the atmosphere, like into like the, cl- the clouds and have like this chemical shield. Think about it like a, a uh, sp- sports sunscreen, SPF 45, but for, but before the earth, there's scientists actually mulling this shit over uh, because this is stuff that could become a reality 20, 30 years from now, if not 10 years from now, where this could be needed, where if the, if the, we might have to just, well, if the earth heats up a couple more degrees, we could be doomed, especially Celsius. So we got to make sure it doesn't happen. But the funny thing about this is that this was like the, the plot to like Highlander two, the plot to Highlander two was uh, massive global warming and the environment going to shit. So Connor creates the Earth shield so that the the sun can't affect us anymore. So like there's like this red haze over everything. So we are approaching in real life the plot of Highlander Two: The Quickening in some way, shape, or form. Scientists trying to figure out how do we block the sunlight from getting to the Earth. We are approaching that point, and this isn't sky is falling stuff. This is scientists actually looking into this stuff right now. Even uh, Matt and Trey from South Park, they're acknowledging that we are in trouble and we are sorry for mocking this stuff 12 years ago. So in the past few weeks, they had on a two-part, it was a good episode, two-parter, Man Bear Pig, which is a euphemism for climate change slash global warming. And they had uh, one of the best characters they ever had on the show before, Al Gore has been on a few times, come back. In the midst of all, all the reports and us realizing, yeah, we, we have to turn these, this around at this point. So the plot of this whole thing is that everyone basically apologizing for Al Gore because they realize that Man Bear Pig does exist. He goes around town just slaughtering everyone. And, of course, some people are trying to ignore it and say, well, it's too late anyway. Or other people, you know, they're not worrying about it, so we can't. And other people are like, what are you doing? We have to, we have to address this man-bear pig issue. So the whole crux of the two-part episode is everyone apologizing, kissing Al Gore's ass for not believing man-bear, man-bear pig existed for the past 12, 13 years, which, again, goes back to when the Inconvenient Truth movie came out, when Al Gore warned us that, hey, this is a real thing, climate change. Global warming is a real thing. We got to get ahead of ourselves. The fact that Matt and Trey acknowledge that is not, well, not just telling, but the fact that they're they even there like, okay, we, we, we make fun of everything. We realize we have to apologize to Al Gore. And of course, it's a funny episode. They still made fun of Al Gore in a certain way, but it was a big acknowledgement that they were off way off on this subject, you know, uh, all these years later. And, and Al Gore, the reason they got on Al Gore too was because Al Gore was was well, he was right on in terms of climate change and global warming. He was wrong on how quickly it would happen. And I think by now, you know, it was supposed to be a lot worse according to the estimates. So, he, what what he surmised in the documentary was totally correct. 
just the timeline was just off. And that's why people got on and said, oh, no, not in eight years. The, you know, we're not going to have New York City underwater in 15 years, maybe in 50 or maybe in 70, you know. And that's always hard to, to guess how quickly the Earth responds to things and how resilient it can be in some nature versus others. Uh, but as we see, you know, we have to turn it around. It's the only thing I can say. And, and again, this, isn't a, this is not a political issue at all. And if you bring that up, you're really showing really how shallow your thought process is. If you want to say I'm wrong on some sort of scientific basis, you can go for that. But this is not a political issue at all. This is a, a health and safety issue. This is a science issue. This is a earth is flat sort of thing versus round. Uh, that, that's to me what this is. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's simple and intuitive, clear design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. Here's the best part about the Robinhood app. There's no commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade. I've been on those before in the past, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all of your profits. It's designed for ease of use, easy to understand charts and analysis and market data, and you can place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. So here's what Robinhood's doing for you for all out there. Right now, Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help start build your portfolio. Sign up at notsocommon.robinhood.com. That's notsocommon.robinhood.com to get your free stock and get trading today. Time for a few questions on the Not So Common podcast. This is from at Picard Resists. Did you ever think that your career would involve gaming while growing up? What advice would you give to, would you give to younger Pat? Wow. God, that's like a crazy back to the future plot back to the pat no i didn't think my career would involve gaming growing up i remember when i was six years old i might have told the story before when i was six years old i wish i saw this picture i specifically pictured uh, a true picture of myself in a suit shooting an uzi at a bank robber and i want to be an fbi agent when i was like five or six or seven i know not a fireman or police officer an fbi agent i thought that sounded cooler because of uh visiting you know the fbi uh, headquarters in washington dc or Thing, hearing about the untouchables, I don't fucking know. I mean, I was a weird kid, weird kid. Uh, but no, I didn't think it was a, a, a thing. I mean, when in the eighties, the video games were just fun. It was still somewhat new. Home video games was only ten years old. Arcades were only ten years old for the most part. Uh, the classic arcade games were less than ten years old when I grew up. Or, you know, our, Pac-Man came out the, the same month I was born. For God's sake! So, um, I never could dream that my what, how I can make money could be associated with gaming. Even even 10 years ago, when I first started YouTube, I didn't think that it could be something that I could make money off of. When I was making, you know, the first... I, I always said that the first three years or so, I was not really making any money doing any Pat Daniels Punk videos. I wasn't. I was making nothing. It was just a glorified hobby that I put a ton of time into. More than I thought. I mean, the the output I was doing was nuts. Like, I didn't have podcasts. I didn't have other obligations. I wasn't doing books. I wasn't doing, you know, 10 conventions a year. So that helped. If you eliminated all that stuff, when people always say, Pat, you're not making as many videos as you're used to. Well, I was not doing nearly as much when I was doing all those videos overall. I just wasn't. Um, even though I was working a, a you know, a, a, a nine to five job or, you know, 
it was like really nine to yeah, not really seven to five jobs. Jesus Christ! When I was doing that, I had my entire weekends free. Every weekend, uh, fifty-two, one hundred four days a, a year were entirely free. I wasn't going to conventions. I wasn't working during the weekends like I do now on things. I, I wrote uh, three reviews on Sunday for a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. I wrote three reviews in one day. You know, that's like five and a half hours of work. Uh, maybe a little bit more, six hours, and then playing uh, two of the games. I played one game the night before. So, for example, that's time you don't see behind the scenes or doing business calls or things of that nature. But either way, I'm getting off the topic. This is not a, well, look at my career. But no, I didn't think I, I would make a career that would involve gaming. I, I don't think anyone would, would knew it was a thing. I mean, even professional gamers back then were, were you had like the Nintendo team and you had some professional arcade gamers. But I don't think there was a lot of money in, in, in it then. It's only the past five years or so, really. You want to say like 2013 when Twitch started to become a thing, 2014, 15 when Twitch really started to become a thing is that people are like, wow, I can make money doing this. Huge YouTubers, like 2013 is sort of like that mark on, I'd say. 2012, 13 is when you know YouTubers became a big thing um, where people can make millions off of it. I mean, PewDiePie wasn't huge until, yeah, the past like five years. So now the guy knows who I am, which is funny enough, me and Ian. So, um... No, I, I did not think I'd have a career growing up. What advice would you give the younger Pat? I would try to be less less judgmental of, of people in terms of their, uh, let's just say their loyalties and their and their moral code. The one thing, and and the one thing that a friend of mine, I won't say who, but he's a YouTuber, told me is that is that you cannot totally expect the degree of loyalty you might give, you might give to others. I've been backstabbed many a time. Not many times, several times by a handful of YouTubers in the past. And it's tough to to uh, to exist in a world where everyone knows each other, everyone works with each other. You know, I see a, a YouTuber pass a, a major milestone, I won't say who, with their career. And I'm like, oh, that person tried to damage my career and uh, behind the scenes. And now I got to deal with, with that person potentially or the people that know that person. So you have to let things go. And that's tough. You have to swallow your pride more than you, you'd want to, I tell young Pat. And you'd have to, you have to go along to get along, but at some point you have to stand firm uh, to younger Pat. Little Pat with my same hair and chubbier and shorter and with uh, dimples that are deeper because he has fatter cheeks than I do. I lost a little bit of weight versus when I was young. Um, that's the advice I'd give to younger Pat. But the, the other advice I'd give to younger Pat, not just career-wise or what's going to happen, is uh, try to stop and enjoy the little moments and take time to relax. And that's something I've been trying to tell myself the past, definitely the past year, or else I'd be dead by now. But over the past few years, I've worked, uh, I've worked a, a bunch more and not really have a chance to enjoy what I've worked hard for. And I think that's going to be one of my main goals going forward in life as I propel towards the big 4-0, which is still weird for me to think about. I don't, even when I turn 40, I'm not going to think of myself physically or mentally at, at 40, or whatever that means. Definitely, I hope I don't look like that. Got my got my nice skin for my mom, but um, I don't think that I'll be able to survive, at least mentally, not being able to stop and smell the roses, as, as you say, or uh, have more downtime, even going to like just random days at the zoo, or uh, actually vacationing for for pleasure instead of just going out to you know events and grinding and working uh, the events, which I still do enjoy, but it is still work to go to like ten conventions a year. Because most of it's work still, so that's what gonna. I'm gonna tell younger Pat, hey Pat, just take some time off and enjoy life because it's not gonna be here forever. 
Uh, you know, my father never went on a lot of vacations and was overly stressed. So I'm trying not to, I'm trying to not model myself after that. I'm trying to do the opposite of that before I get to like my sixties and seventies. I want to be able to enjoy life before, you know, I'm semi-retired. That's what I would tell young Pat. That's what I would tell him. Um, this is from at Mahomes, Mahomes goat. I guess he means Mahomes, the, the quarterback in Kansas city, 24, seven outrage culture. All right. Um, it's, Outrage culture is is interesting because it's the internet has crystallized it and made it more apparent. Without the internet, outrage culture sort of died on the vine. It was sort of like, yeah, if you were angry, you, you did a letter writing campaign, or you had to, to get together for a group and do some picketing, something of that nature. But now with the with social media, it's so much easier to target things you don't like and to yell and thinking that your your opinion means more than it actually does. Uh, especially for inconsequential things, so I, I don't know if it's if it's a if it's a, it, endemic of, of where we are that it seems to be getting worse with outrage culture and oh someone said something I didn't like let's target them I don't know I don't know what that is or if it's the culture itself but definitely social media is not helping uh, helping the matters uh, for sure because it's it's easier to band together with your merry men of outrage in order to to do something or say things or do something awful. You can more find the other people that are, are disaffected or just disaffected by uh, by the the, un, the unhappiness in their lives or the fact that they, they get off on trolling I, 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 or the fact that they just they're so bereft of normal uh, functioning happiness in, in their life that they feel the need to be upset about things all the time, uh, both men and women, not just men. I use I use men for the short term before, but. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know how we get past that. I think people, certain people, probably need counseling in their lives. They need a better outlet. Obviously, uh, do some yoga. You know, have some fish tacos. Uh, go to the gym. Let off some steam. But a lot of this comes back to the fact that people's personal lives. A lot of times, people's personal lives aren't fulfilling, and their and their jobs suck. You know, I, th- I think if your job sucks, you have nothing going on. You don't have aspirations. Say you don't have a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Uh, you're pining after someone. If you if you feel like your life's in a rut, it's a lot easier to take out that frustration on other things outside the world that you might think matter more than they actually do. Um, I, I think it's as simple as that. It's basic human nature. If you're happy in your life, you don't find the time to focus on as much negativity and to be outraged. I think that's just common sense. There's not many people that are totally happy with themselves that engage in being outraged all the time, because why would they? It just doesn't match up to what their emotional, uh, general emotional state is. doesn't mean you can't still be disappointed with things or frustrated or upset when certain things happen, but to be focused on it all the time, you're not a happy person. And I feel bad. I feel bad for you because uh, you're, you're not only you're missing out on fun experiences, but you're poisoning yourself from the inside out when that happens. And again, that's not, that's not easy to answer. I'd, I'd have to know what, what specifically is going on in that individual's life, but there's a lot of people out there who aren't happy for various reasons. And I think a lot of people displace their anger onto other issues. The anger with themselves or their own life, their own situa- situation. You know, maybe you're, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you're in an unhappy marriage, or again, you're, you have a shitty job. Your manager or boss yells at you. You feel disrespected. You're not making enough money. You have, um, you know, maybe you have, uh, maybe you have problems with your friends, or 
the unrequited love with a with a boy or a girl or a man or a woman, and so you have you feel the need to lash out over uh, about insignificant things, whether it's stuff in uh, the social world or maybe you go off the deep end when it comes to some political stuff too much, or maybe it's stuff in entertainment. Maybe you you hate a movie and you feel the need to make a three hour video about why a movie sucks, or you need to make a a forty five minute video about why this game sucks, or you have to. You know, go go do a freaking campaign to get a game stop from being a, a game from being completed. You know, something like that. Where, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's insignificant. It doesn't really mean anything to have all that energy goes going towards something so negative versus putting it towards something positive, like a hobby or or learning a new language or craft or just cooking a meal or or or, or something something significant, going for a walk. Uh, calling up, calling up a, a, a friend or a family member or just uh, looking at cat videos or something that makes you feel happy for a minute or doing some uh, some light meditation and breathing. Um, I, I mean, this isn't all kumbaya, kumbaya, kumbaya stuff. In the grand scheme of things, this will affect your health, being overly stressed or overly negative. And plus, people don't want to hang out with you. So it could be, it could be a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're always angry at everything and everything sucks and no one wants to hang out with people that are always angry at things. People don't want to be around you. If you're angry that some girl doesn't like you that you like, guess what? Being angry at that, other girls will notice that and not want to talk to you on top of that. Or if you're an angry woman and there's a man or you're another woman and you're angry about that, People people even subconsciously know that there's people that make them feel bad being around them. That they feel just like, ooh, this I don't feel warm around this person. This is this feels kind of weird. So happiness begins within. There's certain things you can't control. There's certain things you can alter, but for the certain things you, you can't control, whether there's companies making weird decisions or things outside of, you know, things happening in a global stage where, yeah, it sucks, but I can't do anything about it while I worry about making my mortgage this month. Just try to focus on what's positive. Maybe things will feel better because those bad things will still exist out there. They will. Hate to say it, they will. So that's one thing I'm going to say about that. I hope that helps out at least a couple of you. But yeah, the best advice is that no one wants to be around a miserable person. Misery only loves company. Misery doesn't love happiness, and happiness doesn't love misery when it comes to how people are. Smile, act happier. People, people, are, are, people are attracted to that. They want to they feel better about themselves by being around people that feel better about themselves as well. Man, we should all just uh, slip some happy pills into, into the water supply, right? We'll just drug everyone. No, I'm kidding. Well, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll just, eh, some people think that's happening already with fluoride that we're, we're being uh, zombified. It's another uh, conspiracy theory. I always thought fluoride was just to make our teeth better so we don't have, don't have cavities. Anyway, all right. Uh, I think that's uh, enough for this uh, NoxCon podcast. This was a weird one, I, I, I think. It was weird, but I think hopefully people, people uh, like this one, enjoyed it. Uh, if you like this, you know, you can subscribe on, on YouTube. People are doing that in waves. You can also subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, or wherever you listen to this. You can uh, like the podcast, leave a comment, let others know how much you enjoy it. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. Also, I have a Patreon, and you can help support me in my endeavors there. It's patreon.com slash 
Pat Cockrey. You can also, for Christmas, order a certain NES guidebook at ultimatenes.com. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you in a couple weeks.